Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Grove. We're so glad that you are with us on the second Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent. As, Ad, as Ali has mentioned, Advent is the season of preparation. It's a season of waiting, longing, of yearning, of expectation of Jesus to come again. And so every year we relive the moment when Jesus comes into the world, when God wraps himself in flesh and steps into the pages of history and into uh, the course of humanity. And what we've been talking about last week and we'll continue to talk about throughout Advent is really in the same way that Jesus comes into the world, we anticipate the coming of his light into our world. And so our hope really this season is not to add more light to your Christmas season. There's plenty of that. Uh, but is to help us rediscover and to focus in on the true light. And so kind of last week, uh, I did a little history lesson with kind of the, the change in technology around lighting. And, and this morning, we're going to keep that going. And so to do that, I'm going to tell you about the incandescent light bulb, which I have here. So the incandescent light bulb, uh, we just kind of assume that Thomas Edison uh, kind of had this great idea one day. And then over the course of a long weekend, he kind of worked out all of the components. And being the genius that he was, poof, abracadabra, we have the incandescent light bulb. But that's not actually how the story of the incandescent light bulb uh, happened. Really, it's a little bit more complicated. And Edison doesn't get quite as much, shouldn't get quite as much credit as he's gotten. Uh, Edison's credit really comes in his ability uh, to borrow, I'll use that word, um, borrow and then market the technology that was already existing in the world. See, about 80 years before Edison gets credit for the light bulb, there was a scientist in England. And what he decided to do was he decided to take uh, this platinum filament, this little tiny kind of thread or hair of metal, and attach it to a battery. And when he did that, the charge from the battery began to heat up this platinum filament. And as this platinum filament heated up, it began to glow. And he realized that there was an amount of light that was produced by heating up this filament, by applying a current to the filament. Well, this is where kind of the technology and the idea starts. Previous to this, we had candles and we had oil lamps. That was kind of all that you had. Candles were messy, expensive, and didn't produce a lot of light. Oil was a little bit more effective, but there was a great risk to oil um, because if you overlit oil, boom, uh, more light than you wanted, a lot more light and a lot more heat than you had planned for for your kind of your holiday party. And so it was really important that they come up with a new technology. And so over the next 80 years, what you see is this attempt to perfect this technology. And the challenge with te this technology was getting all of the components in place to sustain light. That was really the issue. They could apply a current to some type of filament, some type of thread that would glow and produce light. But the issue was sustaining that light. They could only get it to last for a minute or two. And really, an incandescent light bulb works kind of based on three components, three parts. So the first thing that you have is you have this little filament. If you look in the middle on the screen, that little part that glows, that little kind of metal wire, it looks like that's a filament. That's what glows. And as it glows, it produces light. First thing you need is a filament. The second thing you need is a current. See those two kind of wires attaching to the filament, kind of suspending it in the middle of that glass bulb? 
That's how the current is supplied. So current comes up one side, goes across the filament, and down the other. Okay, you with me so far? Yeah. Okay, all the English majors nod your head. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. My father's an engineer, so if I don't get this right, I'm going to hear about it after the service. So I make sure that this is correct. Now, the last thing that you need, this is, this is enough to produce, uh, to heat the filament, to make it begin to warm up and to produce light. The issue is sustaining it. Because what happens is as this filament heats up, it'll eventually burn up and break. And when it breaks, you've lost kind of the circuit and there's no more light. So you have to find a way to create an environment that sustains the light that's happening in this little um, light bulb. And so what they have done is they've created a vacuum. And there's some trace amount of inert gas that keeps the filament from getting too hot, burning up, and breaking. If you've ever had, back when there used to be more incandescent light bulbs, and they would go out, you could take them, you could shake them, and you'd hear that thing rattling around, that was the broken filament that burned up and broke. So those are the three components of a light bulb. A filament, a current, and a vacuum. And when you put all of those together in the right combination, you have something that works like this. Now this is kind of a three switch light bulb and it just applies more and more current to the light bulb. But that's how an incandescent light bulb works. Now, back to Edison. This technology was already in existence. The issue was they couldn't figure out the proper filament and the proper vacuum to sustain light. At best, scientists and other uh, you know, engineers had created something that would last for a minute or two. Edison started to kind of play with this technology and he got a light bulb that would last for up to five minutes. And so being the marketing genius that Edison was, is he invited all of the reporters out to Menlo Park, California to see his magical electric technology that he developed. And here's what he would do. He would invite these reporters into the room where he would show them the power of the light bulb for three and a half minutes. His light bulb lasted five minutes and he would show them his light bulb for three and a half minutes and then quickly usher them out of the room. And then when they would ask him how long would it last, he said, well, practically forever. So Edison gets a lot of credit. Now, that's not all the credit that Edison gets because what Edison went on to do was to put a team in place, his team of muckers, as they're described, and they scoured the entire globe for the perfect vacuum and the perfect filament. And what they found was carbonized bamboo from the forests of China and Japan proved to be, at kind of the end of the 1800s, the perfect filament. So they combined it with a small trace amount of inert gas, and he developed a light bulb that lasted for almost 13 hours. And so Edison gets all the credit, but that's the history of the incandescent light bulb. And you say, Stephen, why do you tell us all about the history of the incandescent light bulb? Well, the way that a light bulb works, I think, is very similar to the way that our life works. For a light bulb to work, you need a filament, something to heat up, to burn, and to glow. You need a current that flows through that filament, and you need a vacuum that sustains the light that, that filament's producing. I think we can see the same thing at work in our lives. I think our lives, as they're designed to be, are the filament that burn and glow and give off light. We see Jesus talking to his followers, and what does he say to them? He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. You don't light a lamp and then cover it up. We, our lives, are the filament. The current 
that flows through us is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, equipping, encouraging, empowering us to be able to live in the example of Jesus Christ. The vacuum that sustains our light, that doesn't allow us to burn too quickly or too bright or to break and fall apart, is the church. When you put all three of those elements together, a life willing and ready to be used by God, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life, and a community that sustains that light, what you have is an incredibly bright light. Now, this isn't just some kind of analogy that I came up with reading about the history of the incandescent light bulb. We also see this at work in Scripture. So very quickly, let me jump and take you to the first chapter in the Gospel of of Luke. And what we are doing in this Advent season is kind of reading the first chapter of Luke as a preface to the coming light that comes into the world in Jesus Christ. So let's jump into the Gospel of Luke, first chapter, starting in verse 26. And let me show you the way that this light bulb works in Scripture and also in our life. So here we go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And everybody's like, okay, I remember this part of the story. This sounds familiar. Now here's what happens next. Now, and he came to her, the angel did, and he said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be as one would do if an angel appeared to you and said, greetings, favored one. Some of you would probably be like, yeah, of course. (laughs) That's a different sermon for a different day. (laughs) The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now, here's here's the mission, if you choose to accept it, you will conceive and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. And to this, Mary astutely replies, how can this be so? Mary doesn't recognize the way that her life functions as a filament based previously on kind of Mary's own experience of her own life and the course of her life, there has been no indication that something, some type of light could come from her. If you remember during this time period, this was a really, really dark, really, really difficult period in history. And all of the people in it were experiencing kind of this overwhelming sense of darkness, of abandonment by God, this sense of loneliness and despair. And so this message that Mary's light could be, or Mary's life could be a light was new. This would have kind of come as a surprise. And so Mary asks in the same way oftentimes that we do, who am I? Who am I to do this? How can this be so? And there are some obvious kind of uh, biological challenges to this task that you're suggesting is going to happen, angel. This is how the story continues. So Mary asks the question and the angel said to her, remember, Mary's the filament. What happens next? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is how it will be so. You just have to be connected to the proper current. Your life is capable of light if you have the current flowing through you. So, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High 
will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. This isn't anything that you're going to do, Mary. This isn't by your own efforts. This isn't by your own powers. This isn't because you're so bright or so smart or went to the right schools or are in the right schools or pick the right career or live in the right neighborhood. No, no, no. None of this is because of your own efforts and abilities. This is because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you in the proper manner. But it's not just the Holy Spirit at work in Mary's life. It begins there, but it doesn't end there. Because as you remember, the three things that you need for a light bulb to work are a filament, a current, and a vacuum. Good, everybody was listening. So what does the angel tell Mary next? And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. There is somebody that I'm going to put you in relationship with who's going to help you navigate this. And next week we'll kind of look at that conversation and that visit where Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. There is a community around Mary that's there to support, to sustain, to provide for Mary. You also see this kind of as we get into the Christmas story and all of the different groups of people who come to visit to help prepare, help care for, help adore this child that Mary has given birth to. This isn't just you on an island trying to do your best to live out your faith. No, this is connected to a community of people. This is why we gather together at church. This is why Sunday mornings are important, not just because of some attendance quota that we have, but because we really believe that you have to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you in the context of a community to sustain you. It's also why we celebrate communion the way that we do. Communion isn't done in isolation, but it's done together communally, collectively. Because what we say happens in communion is the same thing that happens in a light bulb and in our lives. When we take the bread and we take the juice, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that is at work in that moment that gives us strength for our Christian journey that equips us and empowers us and that continues to sustain us as we go forward in our life. I think the challenge that Edison faced in trying to identify the perfect combination of all of the right elements, of the right filament, the right current, the right inert gas to create a vacuum is the same challenge that we face in our own lives. We are looking at all of these different things in the, in the perfect combination to sustain the light that we want to experience in our life, to sustain the light that we try to live off, that we try to share with other people. The challenge comes when we don't have the right combination of materials, when we have kind of the wrong type of filament, when we have the wrong type of current running through us and where we're not contained and provided for and sustained in a vacuum, in a community of believers. This is what happens. Our lives burn up. We, we all know people who've experienced some type of burnout or burn up in their own lives. And when you look at it, it is because they didn't have the right materials. Not because they're a bad person, it's just because the combination of what, how they constructed their light bulb was off. And so this Advent season, one of the tasks is to help us refocus on that current that flows through our life the Holy Spirit. This is why we light the candle. This is why we have candles for you to take home. This is why we've created this ornament and a blessing to hang on your Christmas tree, is to create these opportunities for you to reconnect to this current, to the Holy Spirit that is working in you. 
This is why we encourage you to gather together, why we hope that you'll come to our Christmas Eve Eve service and Christmas Eve services, why we celebrate one big Sunday and communion together, because it is to do all of this within the context of a community, of a church, to create this vacuum that can sustain the light that is trying to grow and glow within each one of us. And so as we prepare to take communion this morning, I hope that you will begin to reflect on the elements that you have constructed in your life. Is your, is your life set up for the Holy Spirit to flow through it? What changes do you need to make? What adjustments, what shift in priorities and in values need to happen so that the Holy Spirit can grow and to flow through you? And are you connected to a community of people? Are you connected to an environment that will sustain your light, that has the right balance of gas to allow your light to grow? So as we get ready to prepare for communion, let me pray for our time together this morning. Gracious Lord, we thank you for today, for this opportunity to gather together. God, we thank you for this reminder that it is you who comes into our world to show us how to be the light to the world. God, allow us to be willing, just as Mary was, to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Use my life as your filament to allow your Holy Spirit to flow through me and help me to connect to a community that sustains my light so that we can be a light in this world. God, this is our prayer in your name. Amen.